Welcome to Off Topic Philosophy, (laughs) (laughs) the podcast for none and all. That that is everyone and no one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's pretty good. That's like someone just talking about uh, Tyson. You know how he starts. uh, Welcome to uh, was it was a Star Talk. Star Talk. Yeah, has a very deep voice. Man, the art of opening and closing. Mm-hmm. I I need to work on that. I, that was on my list. How to close this podcast? I forgot, so I'm gonna have to improvise. Um, <laughs> Hope you thought about it. Mm-hmm. No, I. Well, I'll, I'll I'll think of something up. Yeah. Um, Anyways, so, today's topic was Javi's idea. Um, so if yeah. you look at our thumbnail for the podcast, is a photo of Diogenes, a philosopher, a cynic, or a hobo, whatever you want to call him. Uh, from ancient Greece, like three, 400 BC. And when I was creating this podcast, I was like, you know, that, that person came to my mind. Like I was thinking philosophy and Diogenes came to my mind and I don't know too much about him, but I, you know, I've studied a lot of philosophy, a lot, a lot of philosophers. I can't, Javi and I, we read a lot, Javi more than anyone else. Um, but Diogenes mm-hmm. is the one philosopher, one character or, individual that appeals to me most and all my readings so i thought let's let's go with him and so in this podcast Hobby's going to talk a lot about diogenes who he was what he was and why he was such a famous philosopher and then we'll give what he means to us um <laughs> and why i why i think i um relate to him so yeah hobby take it away yeah, so the reason I proposed this to be the topic for today was because when I saw that you chose him as, as a thumbnail for the podcast, I thought it was interesting. Uh, not in a bad way, you know, I just thought it was interesting. Um, but to give some context uh, about who this guy is, this character in history called Diogenes. So Diogenes was born in ancient Greece. He was got into trouble as a young man, as a teenager, and essentially got kicked out of his hometown. And back then, you didn't uh, get a fine or go to jail. You got kicked, you got kicked out of your town. Uh, so they not only did they, did they kick him out of his town, his hometown, Sinope, uh, they took away all his possessions. Uh, and so he arrives in Athens uh, as a young man. He has no clothes on his back. I mean, uh, just what he was wearing. He has no possessions. He has no sense of direction. He's like, okay, I'm in a new place. What do I do with myself? And so he essentially uh, looks around and tries to figure out uh, where he's going to live, shelter. And in the process of waiting for shelter, he gets bored of uh, waiting for someone to secure for him a cottage. He's, he, he, and what I was reading about this decision to essentially be homeless for the rest of his life. Uh, he makes it right there and then. He's like, uh, I was looking at a mouse and I realized that you don't need much in life to be happy. <laughs> uh, you I remember um, there was this one scene like after he was homeless, uh, where he started, he became this homeless uh, lifestyle. Yeah. Um, he had a bowl. He'd use that bowl to drink water, you know, like a scoop up water yeah. from the river and drink. And then what eventually he saw kids using their hands or someone. You know, like kids using yeah. their hands to like drink water from the well or from the river. And he was like, I don't even need this bowl. So his idea yeah. was like to become self-sufficient as and, much. And I think that's so, that's such a peculiar reaction to being homeless, right? Mm-hmm. Like today you see 
a homeless person, you're like, wow, that that person is unlucky. That person must have gone through some shit. Mm -hmm. uh, and I hope they make it out. Mm -hmm. Diogenes, if you saw Diogenes back then, people probably thought the same him of him. You know, he's like, mm -hmm. oh, he's a young guy. He's filthy, living on the street. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you got into his head, this, I mean, from what he later told, what became his followers, he was happy all along. Mm -hmm. He would never feel sorry for himself. He never said, oh, you know, uh, how, how could this happen to me? How could mm -hmm. they strip me of all my things? He was, you know, naturally just happy with mm -hmm. being alive and being himself. And so just to give a little bit more context. Uh, and so he has a lot of free time, right? He, he decides mm -hmm. to become essentially a homeless uh, man on purpose. And he, he meets this guy called Antisthenes. Antisthenes mm -hmm. was uh, a philosopher. Mm -hmm. It is how he, he starts on the path of philosophy. Uh, and he and Antisthenes was a pupil of Socrates. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can kind of see uh, with the influence into what Diogenes' uh, philosophy would become. Mm -hmm. uh, he, Plato would later, later call him uh, a Socrates gone crazy. Essentially mm -hmm. a Socrates on steroids. Why? Mm -hmm. Because if you, if you look at what Socrates' teachings were all about, Socrates was all about questioning, right? Uh, he was all about question everything, get down below the, the, below mm -hmm. the surface of things and dig deeper. Mm -hmm. um, and what's interesting about Diogenes is that he started, you know, he, he started learning about Socratic teachings and he essentially, he developed a whole new school of philosophy based mm -hmm. on them, but, complete, but kind of an interesting take. And it became known as the cynics, mm -hmm. all right? And essentially... He questioned everything to such a huge extent. He questioned how people lived in Athenian society, what they valued, mm -hmm. um, what norms and conventions they followed. He questioned mm -hmm. everything to such an extent that he found it all absurd. He found it all meaningless. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's what really, really confirmed his preconception that you don't need much to be happy, right? He looked mm -hmm. around himself. He had already figured out that you don't need much to be happy just from being homeless. Mm -hmm. And armed with the Socratic teachings, he's like, well, everything that people chasing in Athenian society, wealth, power, uh, privilege, um, that a good reputation with those around you. These are all things when, when you get down to the nitty gritty of it, you don't a human being doesn't really need any of these things to be content with himself mm -hmm. in, his, in his life in the world. And so... His, that's why, you know, a lot of people today look back at Diogenes and his followers, the cynics, and they're like, these were the original hippies, mm -hmm. right? Because you look at the hippie movement in the 60s and mm -hmm. all these counterculture freaks that are, uh, have long hair, they're listening to this uh, rock and roll music that is, you know, something that's new. It wasn't mainstream originally, it became mainstream. Uh, and they're, they're taking all sorts of psychedelic drugs and breaking the law and, and, and protesting against the war in Vietnam. You know, they're just like this complete countercultural movement that's sweeping, you know, California and the country by a storm, mm -hmm. right? And so there, it's, it's uh, I, I see why people link these guys in ancient Greece, the, the cynics to the, the hippies, because it's a lot of similarities. Mm -hmm. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, so based on everything I just said, uh, 
you know, everything we know about Diogenes. What was it about Diogenes? I want to ask you at this point okay. that, that caught your attention. What was it that, that made you decide this? I want this guy as a thumbnail tomorrow for my podcast. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why, but uh, for the longest time, I was actually a bit, a bit dig- I'm going to digress, uh, digress from that. I was always afraid of work, the whole work life. Um, so I always thought like, if I be a minimalist, you know, once I learned about minimalism, like it's an yeah. accepted um, thing to adopt, at least, you know, there's an audience out there, there's a group of people out there that are being like this. So it's becoming more and more normal to be a minimalist. If I lower my cost of living and if I have some passive income, I can sit around and do nothing all day. That's essentially, that's essentially uh, something you can do, right? And that's, that's what Diogenes essentially did. You know, he sat around as ridiculed people all day. That's what I wanted. I want, I, not, maybe not ridicule people left and right, but just to yeah. have fun conversations all day, having a drink, maybe a bit more sophisticated version of Diogenes. So essentially you were, I guess, reflecting on, you know, what you want your life to be like. Yeah. And, and you realize that there's all these people around you that are, you know, chasing all these things and mm-hmm. have all these possessions, you know, big yeah. houses, mortgages, bunch of cars in the garage, mm-hmm. um, all these responsibilities that they take up. Mm-hmm. And you, you see that, I mean, it's, it's not hard to notice that yeah. most of these people aren't really content or at least they're very uh, mm-hmm. stressed out or anxious. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like Biggie Smalls used to say, more money, more problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was, I, I looked at a very simple thing. Like, hey, these people, I have, you know, family, friends, and you look at people, your parents tell you about it at times or society tells you, hey, you got this bigger job or like higher paying job. He has a bigger car, bigger yeah. house now. Now he spends hour and a half commute each ways. I'm like, honestly, I don't need all that. I just want some air conditioning and I just want to sleep in. <laughs> that's, that's all I need to be content, <laughs> you know? So, and, okay. So I think you, I think you reasoned in a way that very few people do or for mm-hmm. very few people I see doing, right? You ask mm-hmm. yourself, why do I need, why do I need, why do I, what do I Aditya need to be content? Mm-hmm. And that's you what know, Diogenes did. He like, I think he questioned mm-hmm. the status quo. He questioned the society, yeah. the norms. And that's why, and he just did it. He was like, you know what? Instead of, um, he's going to question it and live yeah. by it. And that's what I want to do. That's what I'm doing. That's what I try. I feel like I'm doing. Like, I question and these norms and I'm going to go ahead and do it. And the people are making fun of me. But in reality, it's, it's kind of like I'm making fun of them. Like, hey, you're the one stuck in that trap. <laughs> but the way yeah, I see so, it is like, you know, yeah. um, I think Diogenes had a higher standard of living, ironically, because he questioned more. He wanted more. Uh, people, I feel like when people stop asking, they stop wanting, right? But Diogenes was different. He kept questioning. He kept challenging everything because he wanted so much more while other people yeah. just stopped. They're, they're told something and they stopped. So, like, hey, this is what yeah. happiness is. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's dive a little deeper on, on Diogenes mm-hmm. and what his teachings came to be. So, you know, a lot of people, be, a lot of people, uh, you know, they hear philosophy, they were philosophy, they hear these old men, you know, mm-hmm. writing long books or mm-hmm. giving very boring lectures. Mm-hmm. They don't picture Diogenes, okay? They don't picture some homeless guy mm-hmm. who's sitting around with all his followers and they're like, mm-hmm. you know, taking in the sun and, mm-hmm. 
and and mocking people. <laughs> That's not what you picture. So it's very interesting, uh, his style. Now I want to highlight that what what Diogenes did, his style of teaching was not like a lecture. All right, Diogenes uh, walked the talk. He mm-hmm. was someone who whose teach whose life, how he behaved, his how he went about his day was his teaching. And so mm-hmm. I want to give some examples here. Uh, one of his teachings was what's not shameful in private cannot be shameful in public. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, in Athenian society, for example, it, it was, it was considered very rude to eat in the marketplace. If you mm-hmm. saw someone eating in the marketplace, you were like, what the hell is wrong with that person? You know, mm-hmm. you're like, this guy is just barbaric. Uh, and Diogenes, because he thought that norm was stupid, he would go and eat in the marketplace. <laughs> and people would get mad at him. And he'd be like, <laughs> what, what, He would go much stupid. further than that. <laughs> he would go, yeah, he would go that, three that, or four steps That's what I'm further. getting to. Yeah. Now, now you may say, <laughs> oh, I mean, that's, not, that's not like rebellious. I mean, he's mm-hmm. just eating in the marketplace. It's not a big deal. Well, he didn't just eat in the marketplace. Uh, and I'll, I'll let listeners figure out what else he did in the marketplace by this quote. Uh, whenever he was doing this thing and people were like, oh, what the hell, man? He said, quote, I wish it were as easy to relieve hunger by rubbing an empty stomach. Think, just reflect on that. <laughs> but just say anyways, it, hobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he, he, would, he, would, he would defecate. And in the and like the marketplace, he would relieve himself and other means in the marketplace. <laughs> he release his his tensions. Yes, and you know he'd be a completely yeah. free and relaxed person after the marketplace. So over there, they're like they don't. <laughs> I, I guess I guess yeah. they say you're not allowed to do that. I guess they say you're not allowed to eat. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, you might be allowed to take free samples at H E B nowadays, yeah. but you definitely can't do all the other things he did. <laughs> yeah, but um. um I think but what you just said is an example of if he truly didn't care about anything and didn't want to live and want to live, you know, life free of consumerism, he could have just went out to the wild or to the, you know, the jungle forest and, you know, lived his life and never be seen again. But another one, you know, I, I did a little research, you know, myself and uh, Daojinis thought his job was to govern men. So hmm. he did it. He actually had a goal. He was not just there to troll. He was there to troll people in society, but he actually <laughs> yeah, wanted them true. to be better. He wanted, yeah. he wanted to like them to question their norms, question their ways. And he, he because yeah. he wanted people to, Hey, happiness is not that hard to attain. You don't have to, um, you know, be a King or have this or that. You don't have to have uh, cons- consumerism is not the way to happiness. You just have to, you know, feel the heat of the sun sometimes and just sit back and relax. That's, that's what happiness is. Um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much, yeah, that's, that's what I think of his, uh, uh, like on occupational level, like he's occupational level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another one of his teaching was, uh, as you point out, you don't need much to be happy. You know, you simply need to live a simple life. So mm-hmm. you can also call him the, the first minimalist, you might say. Yeah. And just to get, give people an idea of how minimalist this guy was, he lived in a barrel, all right? Mm-hmm. He lived inside a barrel, like a wine barrel, a synthetic. Mm-hmm. He didn't shower. 
Um, and as you as you said, he only had like a blanket and like a cup mm-hmm. as his mm-hmm. things that he carried around just for necessity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the crux of how much he didn't give a fuck is perfectly mm-hmm. exemplified by one story that's very popular by Diogenes. So even though this guy was a you know a hermit, he offended people. He um, went against uh, everything that people valued in, in Athenian society. Mm-hmm. Uh, he became popular. He gained a following. Yeah. People liked. It, it felt refreshing to mm-hmm. see this guy who didn't care about mm-hmm. things that people were caring about, and he gained a following. And so he became popular. And as the story sort of story goes, that um, Alexander the Great, during his reign of of the Hellenistic Empire, which covered Greece and beyond, and was at his time one of the largest empires in you know in ancient history uh actually went to to corinth where uh Mm -hmm. was living and he wanted to he heard of this guy diogenes who was making a buzz he's this philosopher who's getting everybody to rethink their life (laughs) and he was like i want to meet this guy i've heard of him from afar Mm -hmm. and so he goes and he finds diogenes he's diogenes is chilling you know uh, on the floor, just uh, lounging, lounging around, mm-hmm. and Alexander's like, "Oh, you know," he gives this whole typical uh, speech. He's like, "Oh, great Diogenes, what may Alexander do for you?" Whatever uh, he said, and uh, Diogenes' response is is uh, is uh, is amazing. He was like, "Just uh, can you move aside, please? You're blocking the sun." <laughs> <laughs> I, I think after, after the after that scene, Diogenes uh, Alexander says like, if I were not like he saw he was so chilled and so relaxed, and someone as big as Alexander the Great, like people would fear him on the streets, people would like bow down to him, and yeah. then someone like Diogenes was just laying down, like acting in such a disrespectful manner, like he held up to his yeah. fame, he held up to um, but, his reputation, and yeah. uh, you know the next part of the story, right? Yeah, so Alexander, he's mm-hmm. like, he, he offers him anything, right? Yeah. Like, he, yeah. can, he can get anything he wants. He's just like, mm-hmm. move aside, you're blocking the sun. And, mm-hmm. you know, you would expect Alexander to, like, behead him or something. But no, he, he actually yeah. didn't behead him. He, mm-hmm. Instead, he was like, <laughs> <laughs> he, he was so admired. His, his position was so admired that Alexander was like, oh, he actually, like, I guess he respected the, the, mm-hmm. the response. He was like, if I wasn't Alexander, then I would wish to be Diogenes. You know, it was like, I want to be you, man. Like, I, I'm this guy who's, who's mm-hmm. like the most powerful man on earth, but I want to be you. I want to be someone who, <laughs> who mm-hmm. has nothing, nothing to care about and has mm-hmm. nothing, no possessions. And Diogenes is like, if I were, uh, if I were not Diogenes, I would still wish to be Diogenes. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think that like he's the epitome of like, you know, I don't care what you are. I don't care what you have. Yeah. If um, if you like, if you want to use any form of status, reputation, uh, you know, any materialism to impress me, it won't work. Yeah. So, and Alexander was like the peak of that. And I mean, he had everything. Uh, that really encapsulates what Diogenes mm-hmm. and the cynics stood for, right? Mm-hmm. They were like. When people uh, are think about make the thought experiment of if I had if I 
if I had anything in the world, what would I have? If I had, for mm-hmm. example, if I if I had a, a magic lamp, yeah, uh, like the Aladdin example, and I rubbed mm-hmm. it, what what would I do with my three wishes? Most people would, mm-hmm. I guess, in the Diogenes uh, will point out that most people would say things that are not really gonna satisfy them for long, right? Most mm-hmm. people ask for things like, oh, I want a the, my dream car or mm-hmm. my dream job mm-hmm. or a million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Diogenes. He'll probably take that lamp and I don't know. I don't know what he would do with the lamp. He wouldn't know what to do with it because he would have no wishes. <laughs> yeah, he would have no wishes. And he, even with the lamp itself, he's like, this means nothing to me. You know, like, yeah, it, it has like not, not even a tool, uh, yeah. not even a source to like drink water or make tea or nothing. You know, this is completely useless to me. I, I think, um, I think, I think that brings a lot, like another question um, yeah. and something we talked about, like, did we talk about this in the last podcast? Like, what would you do if you had like all the money in the world or money wasn't an issue? Yeah. Money wasn't an issue. Yeah. And um, did we discuss that? Yeah, we did. <laughs> I'm blanking. I don't want to read. Yeah. So what else do you have to say about it? I'm kind of drawing blanks on this guy. I just feel like, I see what I yeah, have in my so- notes. So I started, I was thinking about Diogenes and I was thinking about another book that I've been, or series of books that I've been reading by mm-hmm. a uh, Israeli author called Yuval Noah Harari. Yeah. And Harari has been becoming, has been big on the, on the intellectual scene, uh, mm-hmm. global scale, because he has released these three books. The first one, the most popular called Sapiens, mm-hmm. A Brief History of Humankind. Um, and in that book, he is more is part history, but it's also part philosophy. Mm-hmm. Uh, why? Because you have to understand who he is, who mm-hmm. Harari is. Harari is this, this Israeli guy who grew up in, you know, in Israel, which is in the, in the Middle East, which is, uh, is a region that's packed with religious conflict, right? It's, it's a region that's packed with stories. It's packed with people who are willing to go to war for what they believe in, with what mm-hmm. they're willing to die for people for what their parents taught them, mm-hmm. right? And Harari, being this educated Israeli who went to Oxford to study history and studied, I guess he also got exposure to philosophy. He realized essentially that everything that people in, in his country valued, the national, you know, nationalism, the Israeli nation, uh, the religion, he essentially said, this is all a story right mm-hmm. this is and not only is it just a story it's it's a fiction right mm-hmm. and, and and i'm feeling someone religious people listening to this uh, leaving us in droves but mm-hmm. stick with me he comes up with this really compelling narrative about the history of humankind mm-hmm. being composed of not people uh humans achieving great tasks of intellectual mm-hmm. achievement but of people who are able to collaborate in great numbers because they were able to create these fictions they were able to create stories mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. to help them work, live together and establish yeah. trust between complete strangers and so to give you an example uh the united states right mm-hmm. the united states is this what maybe we will consider uh an entity that exists in the world right maybe people love being an american this week was the republican national convention there was mm-hmm. a lot of talk about american the american values and ideals of protecting uh what the founding fathers uh believed in and wrote uh, and so people take the concept of a country as if it was something that actually existed. 
But what Ferrari mm-hmm. pointed out with a, a, very compellingly is that the United States does not exist, would not exist if the billions of people that live that live here would all of a sudden from one one day to another stop believing in it, right? Mm-hmm. Like the United and like the United States, you know. Uh, so and so it goes with money. So it goes with religion. So it goes mm-hmm. with societal conventions. It is all mm-hmm. a story that we humans have told ourselves amongst each other mm-hmm. to be able to collaborate in big numbers, right? Think about it. Without the United States, you couldn't have the whole system of, of visas. You couldn't have uh, the tax structure. You couldn't have schools, public funding. This is all a made-up system that's backed on a story, right? And it's, it's a very beautiful story too, right? Because it's, it's grounding is, there's some very beautiful ideals, like all men are created equal, uh, so they deserve um, freedom under the law, but these are all at the end of the day stories. And so I bring this up because Diogenes is someone who in ancient Greece, millions of years ago, oh, not millions, thousands of years ago, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I got ex- yeah, I got overcarried. Thousands of years ago, realized that the, the gods of Athens, the values of the Athenian people, the Athenian city-state were all a story, right? Mm. Everything that people thought to be right or wrong behavior was also a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so to me, that, that is the task of a philosopher. The task of a philosopher is to look around himself and to have the bravery to say, is there more to this than what it seems? Mm-hmm. Is there something under this? Does this hold up to the litmus, litmus test of reality? Um, and asking those questions, even though they're uncomfortable because no one likes to think that their nation, their God, their other gods, uh, their values are a fiction or mm-hmm. a story. It's, it's what you need to do if, if, if you want to have the chance to see clearly, right? And to really get mm-hmm. to the bottom of, of these questions that we all ask ourselves, like, what is the meaning of life? What does it mean to be happy? Um, um, and, and Diogenes, through this, through the Socratic means, he said, you don't need much to be happy. And I'm going to so, t- show people through my mm-hmm. actions, through my, <laughs> through my sometimes obscene behavior, you don't need all these things. This is all bullshit. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that actually aligns with uh, one of his beliefs. So um, I have like somewhere in my notes, where is it? Um, so like, uh, was it uh, Aristotle was like, hey, let's do everything in accordance to reason, right? As Aristotle. Yeah. So uh, Diogenes was like, hey, let's live in accordance to nature. So Diogenes, what you, what you give the whole story that everything we created today, our norms, our huge norms, our nation states, something that it's, this is a massive things. It's all fiction. Mm. It's all created. And if we stop believing in it, it goes away. So Diogenes, Diogenes is like, I think, I think he, I think that's a good example of where this is where Diogenes would come in because, uh, uh, stuff we created in some sense is fiction. The only thing that's real, according to Diogenes, is nature. So I think well, what I saw was his, um, right. his philosophy the trees, was plants, the, animals. the sunlight, uh, heat, cold, that's real. Um, yeah. let's, let's, find, yeah. let's find a way to live with that, just that. Um, and let's, let's live in accordance to that. And, so, and now, yeah, and that's, a, and that's a very big idea. And not only the cynics with the Diogenes and his followers, but also in what became 
uh, a school that shut off from the cynics, which is called Stoicism. Mm -hmm. And I want to pivot to Stoicism because I feel like a lot of people are listening to us and they're like, oh, so you're suggesting that I uh, sell, give everything away that I have and become homeless? Is that what you're mm -hmm. suggesting? No, that's not what I'm suggesting at all. <laughs> the, now, even though, um, even though Diogenes was extreme in, in how he behaved, um, I mean, at the core of his teaching, it's hard to argue against, right? It's hard to mm -hmm. argue against the idea that you don't need much to be content. Mm -hmm. So the Stoics took a different route. They said, okay, we agree with what you're saying, Diogenes. Mm -hmm. um, however, you know, we think that these norms, these conventions, uh, these beliefs, they're necessary for society to continue. Mm -hmm. and, it's, and society, for all, its, for all the fictions that it's based upon, it's good, right? Because it allows for people to be educated. It allows mm -hmm. for um, people to be fed. It, it prevents uh, starvation. And it, um, it just continues the human experiment, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you look at the Stoics, the, the, the people who became the Stoic philosophers, and they're not like Diogenes at all. They're not hermits. You know, they're not homeless. They're, in fact, the most famous Stoic philosopher was actually an emperor of Rome and his name was Marcus Aurelius, mm -hmm. right? And so that's just such a mind-boggling contrast between in the history of philosophy, right? Like in like 300 years back, you had Diogenes who was this guy, this homeless guy uh, preaching on the streets. And then a few hundred years later, you have the emperor of Rome and they're both essentially in the same discipline. They're both known to be teachers of philosophy. And it just goes to show why philosophy is not something for old men, uh, old bearded men in, in school and university halls. It's philosophy is, is something that everyone can practice, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's merely the act of asking why. Why do mm -hmm. we think this? Why do we mm -hmm. think that? And what Marco Rosilius did, he, he, he learned about, um, you know, Diogenes' teachings, he learned about the, all the ones who followed him. And he essentially said, yes, I'll live according to nature, but I'll also do my duty to the Roman people, right? He said, I'll assume the conventions. I'll assume mm -hmm. um, what society expects for me to be, the Roman emperor by succession. Yeah. But also, I won't give value to the things that I know are invaluable, that society is going to tell me that are valuable, right? Like power, mm -hmm. like... Uh, like promiscuity, right? Mm -hmm. This guy, think about Marcus. This guy probably had all the sex he could possibly had at his disposal. <laughs> he had all the, he could bring in boatloads of the tastiest foods from all across the kingdom. He had every pleasure imaginable to mankind. You know, all the things that we give high regards to even to this day, right? And he said, but this, none of that is valuable to me. And not, not only did he say that, but his personal diary which actually was discovered and got published shows that he really didn't think didn't think anything was valuable and it made him one of the best emperors that rome ever had mm -hmm. you know, i think this is I one think, of the guys you, could yeah. you argue that he wanted more like hey um but one thing one thing a different way i want to look at it is if you're dependent on if you're dependent on um um like you know rich like uh consumers and goods i keep bringing that up but like materialism yeah. for for happiness you're actually enslaved to it in some sense. And you're not like the master of your domain. Uh, to really yeah. be the master domain is when your happiness is solely in your own hands.
and um, yeah. you can just be standing still the needs of your body is met and be like i'm happy i'm content i'm emotionally at a good place i'm financially at a good place i'm nothing uh nothing over the top um that is that is being the master of your man that that's what makes you happy i think that's what made diogenes happy because he's yeah. like i need nothing and nothing can uh nothing will aid to my happiness but myself as long as i'm you know myself that's all i need yeah. so it's that's wisdom. what i is wisdom right it's mm-hmm. it's what it's what the greeks mm-hmm. called meant by when they say mm-hmm. we talked about wisdom wisdom is pretty much essentially the knowledge that allows you to be free in spirit yeah. and mind mm-hmm. so regardless even, of your circumstance mm-hmm. so like marcus aurelius he said like he had so much things yet it was it, i guess it was they're both uh experiments you know diogenes had nothing yeah that is happy but you can argue oh you know that's just him well you have the yeah. uh, complete opposite you have marcus aurelius who had everything and then he was still aligned with um Yeah. uh Diogenes school of thought so i i guess i guess the next unless do you have anything else to add anything i have one or two questions for you well w- mm-hmm. yeah well <laughs> in the first episode we said let's be practical and i feel like this is this got very uh theoretical so let's bring it yeah. back to the earth let's come back <laughs> down to earth and yeah. let's answer the question how is this relevant to me yeah uh, to me and you and to anyone listening well Let's think about it. At least I'll talk about it in my own terms, you know. So, I, wait. so yeah, so yeah. yeah, there you go. So what does it mean? What does this person or figure mean to you? How did, did it apply? Did it affect your life in some manner? Did it change how you yeah. think things? Yeah, so in, when I was in college, I, you know, I had all the same desires as, you know, a typical, you know, person in college would, especially in the early years. I, I cared about, you know, my social status i cared about um you know whether i was going to fail my classes and have to drop out and be homeless and the whole train of thought <laughs> and uh and whether i was going to get an internship all you know all these things that really occupied my mind and made me anxious you know as i think many i mean most of us who are millennials or gen c have felt at one point or another right like mm-hmm. we, we we all live in this time where we're hyper connected and there's all these things that you want you know and and not only do there's all these things that you are told that you have to want but there's all these things that all these pressures to 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 consume you know to consume mm-hmm. content to consume uh material things um especially social media and so i was an anxious guy uh and philosophy helped me cope with my anxiety a lot i mean mm-hmm. it, i mean it was a panacea and that's not mm-hmm. an under, that's not an overstatement um so for example uh in later in college after I started reading you know learning about the stoics and 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 diogenes i would every time i would catch myself getting anxious over something that you know that wasn't really worth it like for example i had a test coming up and i was like oh what if i fail oh what if i you know what if i study this much and all my time is wasted mm-hmm. and i have to take the class again you know we all have these like crazy thoughts in our heads mm-hmm. this constant war with ourselves and if you think like the algies you would say i don't need academic achievement to be content i don't mm-hmm. need to gra- i don't even need a degree to be con- i don't need a job i don't need any of this to be truly content right like the mm-hmm. the, the, the the key to human happiness 
isn't all these things that you're told you have to want to pursue with all your strength, mm-hmm. right? But I'm still doing it. I'm still going to study. I'm still going to take this test because as the Stoics would say, it's an opportunity for me to practice my mental resilience. And this mm-hmm. is a very big idea in Stoicism. It says, this is why Marcus Aurelius chose to be emperor and why he didn't choose the path of Diogenes. This is mm-hmm. the key difference between Diogenes and Marcus Aurelius. It's this. The Stoic chooses to head take society head on. He, he conforms. He acts mm-hmm. in the world. He goes to college. He gets a degree. He gets a job. He gets married. He does everything. But he doesn't let it be of too much importance to him. He, mm-hmm. he remains grounded in what he knows to be true, which is you don't need much to be happy, right? Mm-hmm. You, you only need, you only need um, good relationships. You only mm-hmm. need shelter. You only need something to keep you from starving and that's it. Mm-hmm. And so if, if you adopt this mentality and you repeat it to yourself, you know, repeatedly through, I, I've, I mean, I, I've started journaling, I, I've done constant reading of these, uh, these ideas and just reinforcing it to yourself, it gives you the strength to deal with all the uncertainty in the world. Why? Because not only do you not really care if things don't work out the way you wanted them to, you realize that you're just doing it for fun, right? You're mm-hmm. just doing these things because it's how, it's how it goes. It's how life is when, you're, when you were born. It's, it's how, you know, you need to get a, get a job and go to college so you can put your kids to school. But none of it will be the end of your life, right? And it's, so that simple like, reminder, that simple like reminder you, is, is the key. It makes a whole difference. Like, to add on the last note, like, once you meet your basic needs, everything else is entertainment. Exactly. In some sense. So, yeah. um, no, I, I think the same, like, like college was pretty stressful for me. I was not the best student, mainly because I was scared. I was scared of failing so bad. I wouldn't even want to try. And when I studied and I, you know, failed an exam, it hurt so much that and when it happened repeatedly, it hurt so much to the point where like, I felt hopeless to the point where I just decided to like, you know what? I don't care anymore. Okay. Um, I, I, I didn't think, I didn't think exactly yeah. what that was, but like, you know, I don't care anymore. I'm not going to let these things, you know, impact my, my, uh, my emotional state. I'm just going to be happy regardless, but I'm going to try to see what I'm capable of doing. Like mental resilience. That was pretty much it. Like if I, if I get a good grade or don't get a good grade, I don't care anymore. I'm just going to try for the sake of it. And that's pretty much how one way or another this stoic, you know, thought process, um, like helped yeah. me, like, don't be positively like don't let it whether so after that uh like switch whether i got a 50 or 100 literally did not change my mind <laughs> I, I promise yeah. you when i got 100 i felt just as uh this the same emotional state just like i shrugged it off just as i got like a 70 or 80 i was like hey i did what i could so that 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 like seeing what you're capable of doing your mental resilience tr- testing it testing your limits that became yeah. the new goal um, and that's that why, and that's why stoicism has become so popular nowadays in Silicon Valley mm-hmm. among entrepreneurs and, mm-hmm. and even NFL athletes. NFL athletes are going to stoicism seminars. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if 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 anyone listening doesn't know that, and it's because so why this, is it right? Because they they already made it, but they have so much pressure to do so much more that it becomes yeah. stressful to the point where it's like, hey, they and, need like, and the, here's the point. The, cle- the, the last point I want to make 
you know, a lot of people hear me say, you shouldn't really give too much importance to the result, right? You, you mm-hmm. say your goal for yourself, but if, you know, shit happens and it doesn't work out for you, then you shouldn't care too much about it. Someone might, might respond, well, what's the point of having the goal in the first place if you're not going to care mm-hmm. about the outcome? Well, what a stoic would say and what I would say as well is practicing uh, philosophy and practicing stoicism in particular, it, it becomes a shift of perspective and it actually becomes more motivating Mm-hmm. When I started practicing stoicism, I wanted to take on more challenges. I wanted to set more ambitious goals. And even though I wasn't attached to the outcome, it feels there's an intrinsic pleasure to seeing yourself become more mentally resilient. That has mm-hmm. an, an intrinsic pleasure. Just like in the way that anyone works out, knows mm-hmm. that watching yourself grow, become stronger by lifting weights you know, day, day in, day out at the gym, it's the same thing for your mind. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's why stoicism is is so perfect for the modern world mm-hmm. um, because it's, it really is a philosophy. It really is. A, I'm, I'm training for, for your mind and for, mm-hmm. for you to become, to stay tranquil and maintain equanimity. So regardless it's pretty much, of your circumstance. Do, yeah. So doing your best uh, while being happy with whatever the results are. I, I used to exactly. say, um, and I adopted a very bad um, a line when I was in high school and I knew it wasn't true. Um, because I was in track and cross country and like, it was, you know, someone, I don't know where I heard it, but it was like hard work without good results is meaningless. And then yeah. I was wrong. I realized like I could not have been more wrong about that. Later on, I realized hard work is his own reward. Um, who cares about the results? Um, not everyone's going to be first, you know, that goes to Olympics, but as long as they do their best, I'm like, Hey, I did what I could. And, hard work is its own result. You said, yeah, hard work is its own reward. Um, it's good. Yeah, and then, but adding like, see, like you know, in the like we talked in the last episode, I have some passive income coming in. I could live a very minimalist lifestyle for the rest of my life, yeah. and I'll be fine. You know, I, I won't have a jet or a fancy car, but I'll be just fine. Um, but that to me, that's not enough. Like, hey, I'm thinking Diogenes, but that's that's like why why waste it? So the Marcus yeah. aspect of it is like, let's test mm-hmm. yourself. So what, I, what I've adopted is like, hey, I think becoming an astronaut would be cool. I don't need to become an astronaut to be content, but, and yeah. the blind pursuit to become an astronaut, I've, you know, I'm studying about stars, I'm studying about planets. I, I've learned, uh, instead of sitting around all day and playing games, I've taken courses online to learn and educate myself on a lot of things. and. You know, that leads to so many other things. I've, uh, you know, I want to go get my pilot license. I want to go to scuba diving. I didn't even, you know, those things don't come to your mind at first, but you think, hey, you know, again, I'm not, I won't be, it will not affect my emotional level anyway whatsoever if I achieve or don't achieve becoming an astronaut. It's not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. But in the pursuit of it, it motivates you to do so many things. It helps me get up out of bed. I'm like, this, just like, just blindly just like saying to yourself, like, hey, you can be an astronaut by the evening if you try to learn this and yeah. try to learn that. And in the meantime, you'll have so much fun doing it. So it just, um, yeah. and, and the beauty so- of, yeah, go, go ahead. So like the stoicism is like letting you be content while trying everything. And not having the results yeah. affect you at any point. And I just want to say, and I just want to, yeah, that's a great point. And I just want to say that we live in a beautiful time for, to practice 
philosophy to practice something like stoicism because um, no, at no other point in human history has have we had so much free information or cheap information at our disposal, mm-hmm. right? Anyone can learn anything um, by going on Coursera or uh, buying a book on Amazon mm-hmm. or just finding content online or mm-hmm. watching YouTube videos. It's all, you have a world of information out there. And mm-hmm. I think, I think if you, if someone really wants to be fulfilled, if, if, you know, maybe uh, testing yourself and, and, uh, and trying to be, adopt, gain mental resilience is not enough. I think adopting the mindset of curiosity, of, of, of pursuing that which piques your interest is mm-hmm. a great habit to have because it's rewarding in of itself. You don't, it doesn't, mm-hmm. it's not contingent on you achieving anything. It's not, it's not beyond what you can't control. As the stocks mm-hmm. would say, you should only care about what you can't control, not what you can't control. Mm-hmm. And just cr- being curious is rewarding in of itself. You're, you're always mm-hmm. to be bound to learn something. You're always bound to whatever happens. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll be like, Hey, you know, this is, sh- this is shitty. I recognize it, mm-hmm. but I learned something. And, mm-hmm. and that's good. That's intrinsically mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I think we were all curious in some, se- uh, some manner. We just don't have the motivation to pursue those answer to p- pursue those questions, the answer to those yeah. questions. So, yeah, and so I think I think we to like to summarize a lot of this from Diogenes and his school of thought. We've learned that from Stoicism, um, learn to you know in this definition, just learn to be tranquil regardless of the situation, but try to make the most out of your life. Try to have fun. Try to um, try to do something more as a challenge in some sense, but because you have to do something, you, you don't have to do something, but it'd be nice to do something like Diogenes sat around <laughs> all day and did nothing. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's try the more Marcus route. Let's, let's have fun. Um, yeah. And don't get me wrong. I don't think Diogenes just to, you know, put the head, hit the head of the nail uh, on this coffin. Uh, I don't think Diogenes was uh, a cop out. In fact, mm-hmm. I, it, it must have been for him at first. It must have been very uncomfortable for him to go out and mm-hmm. you know do, do all those public acts of that he did of mockery and and obscenity. But he did it for a purpose. He did it to give to teach. He saw it as, as his duty to yeah. teach people. Just mm-hmm. hey, just question. Take a second mm-hmm. to sit back and say, mm-hmm. is is all that I'm I'm pursuing in my life is mm-hmm. is it is it really worth it? Is it really worth my mental mm-hmm. health? And I guess he, he had an ambitious plan too that like his, he, like his ambition plan was, um, you know, like, Hey, what if tomorrow, if I do all this, what if tomorrow people will come out and be like, Whoa, let's, let's change yeah. the way we do things. So like, I, I, I guess like, but it didn't affect his happiness if people changed or not, like if he reached his no. goal or not. Mm-hmm. No, he was tranquil either way. And that's, uh, mm-hmm. that's wisdom for the modern world. We, mm-hmm. We can do anything we, we can do anything we want to do, but mm-hmm. a, a simple change in perceptive perception can be all the difference for mm-hmm. how happy you are with your life. Mm-hmm. And that's the single biggest thing I've learned from uh, learning about Diogenes. And so mm-hmm. uh, I'm glad that we talked about why you chose him as a thumbnail because I think you made a good choice. <laughs> no, I, I thought it was a I did, I did Google Diogenes and I didn't find much, but I thought it was a cool photo. And so, all right, let's give it a shot. Let's see what happens. Um, yeah. <laughs> next episode, new thumbnail. Uh, Tommy, you want to close this episode? Any last words? Any last thoughts? Or do you want to? 
Um, so yeah, a fun fact to close it off. Uh, if you, if anyone has ever heard the word cosmopolitan, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's, it's used to refer to someone who, uh, who belongs to humankind, who's not really particularly tied to one, uh, country or nationality or ethnicity. Uh, cosmopolitan person is someone who identifies with all of humankind. And actually Diogenes was the person who coined that word in mm-hmm. ancient Greece. Um, because when someone asked him, uh, where he came from, uh, in a new city that he arrived in. He, he would often say, I am a citizen of the world. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is the earliest known record of someone saying that. And I think it's a beautiful sentiment mm-hmm. and, a, and, a, and a good note on to close out. You know, when you realize, mm-hmm. when you think, when you take a second to question um, the things that you take for granted, you, you, you realize you come to see the humanity in, in people who, who think differently than you and don't share the same stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the beauty of philosophy and it's the beauty of uh of rational thought. All right. Sounds good. Um, I'm glad we talked about this. So thank you for tuning in. I don't have a closing statement and but we'll see you <laughs> next week. All right. Thanks guys. Yeah. All right. We close this.